With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Leach Report Radio Network presents Stockyards Bank Sunday Morning Sports Talk. To interact with the show, call us at 859-280-2287. That's 859-280-CATS. Welcome back. Stockyards Bank Sunday Morning Sports Talk live from the Clark's Main Street Market. Return, refresh, and refuel at Clark's. Hour number two of Sunday Morning Sports Talk presented by Country Boy Brewing. Give us a call 859-280-2287. Jack Pilgrim here in-house with Anthony White, intern Jake with us, Bo on the big boards, and Larry Vaught joining us on the phone, breaking down Kentucky's 75-68 to 68 loss down in Athens, what it means. Uh, are you confident? Are you optimistic? Do you think that there's a chance that a turnaround is coming? How does that turnaround uh, happen? I certainly don't know, and that's why I'm excited to hear from uh, the callers, 859-280-2287. Can't wait to hear from, from you guys. We have uh, – I think another caller on the line. Let's go on and hit that. Uh, it is Chris down in Tennessee. Hey, good morning, man. How are you? Good. How are you, Chris? I'm doing great. Listen, just I'll make this as short as I can. Uh, Cal has lost his team, and I'll tell you why I think that. Uh, there's a caller that called in a couple times, actually. I think it may have been on Matt's show or could have been on the pre-show or something, but he had asked if anybody had seen uh, during a timeout Oscar was coming out and was, was trying to give guys high fives, you know, and what have you, and everybody just walked right by him. Didn't even put their hands up or nothing. He asked if anybody had seen that, and, and nobody had made mention of that. I did see that. I seen it, and, and when I first seen it, I thought, wow. Well, then you go on, and, and you see Oscar out there against Arkansas getting blitzed. I mean, absolutely blitzed on a pick-and-roll, and Cal just leaves him in. Any other time, he's jerking somebody out in a heartbeat, jerking them out, jerking them out left and right. He leaves Oscar in. I think he done that, you know, to prove a point to Oscar, to make Oscar say, look, look here, you know, it's not just you on this team. And and I just – I look at – after that loss yesterday, the very first thing I did – and I'm a Cats fan from birth, guys, okay, so I get it honestly, all right? The very first thing I did is I looked at the remaining schedule, okay, and I thought, we're in real trouble now, uh, very, very big trouble, because, you know, there's one winnable game, in my opinion, on that schedule, and that's Vanderbilt. And then Vandy goes down to beat Florida yesterday in Florida. You think we can go down and beat Florida in Florida right now? Absolutely not, guys. So I don't know. You know, I don't know what's up. Uh, I don't know what the solution is, but but uh, Cal's lost this team, in my opinion. Thanks, guys. I'll hang up and listen and see what you got to say. 
Yeah, uh, Chris, I appreciate the call. And, and there's a tweet in that, that said kind of something uh, along the same lines of, uh, you know, Cal has gone from we come to your town and beat your team to I want to go home and see my dogs, and the team has followed suit. That's from Blue, Bluegrass uh, Jack. Kind of similar sentiment that, yeah, I, I think that they have followed Cal's lead in that regard where, you know, if, if Cal's talking for four minutes, like how, how different would it be, Anthony, if Cal went there – you know, went out there in his post-game press conference and, and talked for 15 minutes and said, look, I believe in these dudes, man. Like, I, I know that there is an, an you know, internal greatness with them that uh, is, is absolutely going to be unlocked at some point. Yeah, we're struggling right now. Yeah, we're not fighting the way we, we do, but I know they have it. Like, you know, using that platform as a message to, to his players because you can say one thing to a, you know, in a locker room and, you know, where, where you, you have to kind of hype people up and, and – and, yeah, you can kind of give political answers at, at a press conference and things like that. But these kids, as we've heard all season long, they read the clutter. And if Cal is a part of the clutter in a positive way where he's like, man, I believe in my kids. I know that they can do this. I know this turnaround is coming. And it's not just a, I have to go check this media box and get out of here and, and go home. If Cal wants to get out of there and go home, so do the kids. And that's my concern. What reason does – I mean, any of them, really, to get home from Athens and walk across the street to the Joe Craft Center and get shots up. If Cal is saying, man, I'm beat, i got to get home and, and go to bed and, and, and do that. You lead by example, your kids are going to see that and go, well, shoot, I'm beat too. I mean, i, I got to get home and I, I could get some sleep. It's, you know, a uh, whole, whole Saturday night coming and, you know, we got some stuff to do. We can go and hang out with friends. And, like, if, if, if your coach is putting off that vibe – then everybody around you is, is a part of that. And I do think that there's, there is something to it. Yeah. I, somebody on Twitter, I think, said, uh, I don't know if it's coaching, if it's BBN, I don't know if it's transfer report on NIL that, that may have beaten Cal down. The one thing I've consistently given Cal credit for, it, it was not been X's and O's, and there's a lot of people who think I'm crazy. Fine, I've been called crazier things or wilder things. But the one thing that he's always had credit for is bringing in talent and getting them to play together. Like, I don't know if he yeah. develops them. I don't know if he's X's and O's. But when he brings a bunch of players who aspire to be NBA players, they play together at some point. Or, like you said, you don't see the tensions you see. The only thing I can see different now is that, exactly like you said, if Cal set decides, you know, I don't feel like answering all these questions. One, you may not have the answer. Two, everything you say is going to be picked over by the media. It's going to be picked over by the haters. going to be going to be. So you're kind of like, well, I'm not going to say anything. I don't have the energy to burn this. The only other thing is, and I know this from a football standpoint, is these guys are not going to do that much work. And like I said, at the end of the day, if I'm sitting home on my NIL money, and how can you motivate these guys? What, what, what do you do to motivate these guys if, if, if they don't, don't, don't want to do anything? But I, I honestly think that the, the situation with Oscar, and I don't know if it's just NIL or winning the – the championship last year, but it, I, I don't want to beat the guys up because it's going bad. I'm always, you know, I'm always for the players and try to support them. I'm just trying to figure out, where, like Larry said, where the disconnect came. And I, I hate to think that somebody said this a couple weeks ago, was Bobby Huggins was Bobby Huggins right? Like, I don't know if Oscar is holding Cal hostage or if Cal is trying to appease Oscar or if they have a good relationship. I'm going to say again, you did tell me there was no friction in the locker room. I think that's horse hockey. 
I think there was friction in the locker room. And the point I tried to make back then was because the, the narrative was that there were two players that hated each other in the locker room and they were beefing hard and, oh, there was a big moment, like a big individual you know, fight that led to this this absolute controversy, controversial downfall of this team and that there's a, a, a one individual cancer in there that's kind of ruining the whole bunch. That was the narrative at that time. And, and I tried to say, yeah, I don't think the personalities mesh the way other teams do. Like, yep. they're, like there's a different – like, Anthony, you have dudes that you just don't mess with. Our intern Jake was one of them. Just, right. you know, a dude that <laughs> – just giving Jake a hard time. Uh, there are dudes that you just, you know – you like and it, you can be personal with and and have a, a solid working relationship with, but you don't go out of your way to go to the movies together and you don't go on double dates with two other you know chicks that you met or what like whatever the case may be. You, you don't have to actively hate somebody or actively dislike somebody, but you also don't have to you know be in love with with somebody and and have this amazing brotherly relationship and i think that's more of the concern with this team is that it's just you know oscar and i i don't know i i hate blaming nil for individual issues and i hate you know using that as an excuse because i do think nil is important i think it's 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 a very positive thing overall but when you got nil you know oscar going to sign autographs you know Whole afternoon dedicated. Six o'clock, I got to go sign, you know, some basketball cards, and eight o'clock, I got to go do a commercial or whatever. When when you have differing schedules with so many different things coming out, you don't have that cohesiveness and you don't have that chemistry that I think some other teams might have. And and that was the point I was trying to make that I just don't think this team actively hates each other, but I I, I, I that doesn't mean that they're brotherly hanging out inseparable like some of Cal's other teams have been and that's the point I was I, I was trying to make through all of that yeah I, I, I will I don't know if Larry has ever picked up on this Larry to, to Jack's point and I know you heard stories from me at post career of how mummy's time here we couldn't now individually there's a couple players on the defense I was cool with Eric Kelly and we couldn't stand them and how mummy drove us to a division we did they didn't like us we didn't like them we're scoring 40 points a game. You guys are giving up 50. It, it, it was it was funny. Like, now when we're adults, we kind of look back on it and laugh. But at that point, man, we would fight every day. We wouldn't talk to each other in the locker room. We wouldn't hang out. So I just hung out with the offensive players. But, Larry, I don't know if you ever – kind of going to Jack's point, I know it's a little different, but the treatment we got on offense was different than the treatment they got on defense. kind of reminds me of the NIL deal. Yeah, the treatment on offense, heck, you guys were treated like prima donnas. Like defense couldn't touch <laughs> you all or anything like that. You all were the, yeah, y'all were the king because I, I wanted you guys. And, and, and I have several defensive guys who kind of joke and talk more about that after they, they left UK. I think it did cause some, I don't know if it's as much resentment toward you guys as it was just resentment toward the way that Hal just tr- treated them at times. And also, I think with the, they didn't have a lot of confidence in their in their defensive coordinator either. But yeah, th- this team just still. I mean, I, I don't know what it is. It's just it's just per- perplexing, and it's not going to get better. I mean, uh, when we're looking at that schedule, and you talked about Vandy might be the one game they could win at home, Jack, and Vandy's coming off what win over Tennessee and a win at Florida. Yep, sure are. So, so don't, so don't go betting your house on that one, buddy. You don't, don't want you and your young bride to be homeless in a few <laughs> weeks or anything like that. So, so don't go betting on that one. That's what I say. And the schedule just does not look 
very very good. I mean, John Calipari talked about, boy, it's set up great. We can go out and do what we want to do. And it, I mean, again, perfect example of talking the talk. But when you can't go out and win, the schedule's not set up too good. And it, it's just very very disappointing. You come off that year nine and sixteen two years ago. Now you're sitting there sixteen and nine. And I'll be the first to admit, there's no way I would have thought when this season started they'd be sitting there with nine losses right now and several more to come and probably not going to make the NCAA tournament. And that's why I keep hearing people say, well, you, you can't make a big coaching change or you can't do anything at all because this recruiting class he's got coming next year is going to change everything. Seems like we've heard that a few times over the last six or seven years. It hadn't really changed everything. So I think if you just bank it on that without some other things changing, that's that's not going to work. And, I mean, again, the, those guys coming in are really good, but there's no guarantees in, in college basketball right now. And if you're just banking on that to get you through this season, then I think that's been a big, big mistake. And I couldn't agree with you more on that, and I've tried to use this, you know, this show and this platform to try to express that as delicately as possible, that, yes, it is a number one recruiting class in high school basketball. Yes, Kentucky did get the best player at every major position, uh, and they will, you know, they're the, based on who Kentucky is supposed to get back for next year's team, they are complementary fits. And on paper, everything does sound all happy dandy, and there, there is a lot of reason to be optimistic just from a, an on-paper perspective. However, it's a very down class. Not all recruiting classes are created equally just because – John Wall was the, you know, I think by, by the, the final recruiting rankings, I think there was one service that had him at like fifth or whatever, and he was clearly better than the fifth best recruit in high school basketball. So and then not all classes are created equally just because Aaron Bradshaw has emerged as the number one recruit in this class and he has had a strong senior season, things like that, does not mean that he's this game-changing like, Oh man, he you know he's our next Demarcus Cousins, uh, you know Willie Colley Stein guy who's going to come in and be this you know first team All American from day one. DJ Wagner, I think he has a very very high floor, and I I, I think it's nearly impossible that he's going to fail at Kentucky. Like, I just don't think Cal would ever let that kid fail out of any of them because of just the PR perspective and what his addition means to this program and what his impact means to this program. I don't see DJ failing, but. He's not John Wall. Fans need to get that out of their head, that just because he's the number one recruit or top three consensus, just because he has the, the nice number next to his name does not mean he's John Wall, does not mean he's De'Aaron Fox or you know some of the, the best of the best to, to ever come through Kentucky. He very well could be, but he has flaws. Everybody in this class has flaws, uh, and there will be an adjustment period that – I am concerned about. I just came back from seeing Rob Dillingham, and I'll talk about it a little bit if you guys uh, you want to, about who he is as a basketball player and his flaws that are glaring at this point, accepting him for who he is and, and that he will have a significant uh, adjustment period as well. It's very important to acknowledge now and not keep using that class as the, as the meat hanging on a stick out in front of you and blindly ignoring what's going on right now as your only saving grace for, for why you're confident in this program moving forward because that is going to get you snake bit, and, and it's a, a very scary reality in that regard. So uh, more on that, plenty of, uh, of other things to get to, and um, 
frustrations to vent, give us a call, 859-280-2287. Excited to hear from you. Get these callers uh, ramped up, get them fired up. I know you guys have some thoughts. So uh, excited to hear those. You're listening to Stockyards Bank, Sunday morning sports talk on News Radio 630 WLAP. This is the home of the Wildcats, 630 WLAP. Back, Stockyards Bank, Sunday morning sports talk live from the Clark's Main Street Market. Return, refresh, and refuel at Clark's. This hour of Sunday morning sports talk is presented by Country Boy Brewing. Give us a call, 859-280-2287. Callers finally starting to roll in. Excited to hear from you. Make sure you keep them coming. Let's go to Al. Hey, good morning, fellas. How y'all doing today? Good. How are you? Great. I want to try to use an analogy. Uh I think we all remember back in the day when Kentucky football uh, might be sitting at four and six or what have you, and they would go to the schedule to find out how many games they would need to win to become bowl eligible. And I think that uh, I've never really seen Kentucky basketball to go through the schedule to find out what games you have to win to even make it into the NCAA tournament. Uh, let alone uh, win uh, the SEC tournament, which is we have to say that you got to win that tournament to get into the NCAA tournament. You can pretty much forget about it. Uh, we've never really talked about uh, NIT uh, basketball play. And uh, in, in, in for years, we, we never have talked about NIT basketball play. So really just, you know, say that, you know, the state of the program is in you know pretty bad shape under Coach Calipari, and it's really sad because he has done great things. He has brought generational players here, John Wall, Anthony Davis, and others. Uh, so you know he has done great things and won a lot of games, but it is kind of kind of kind of bad right now. Um, but I do want to ask one question, fellas: What are the merchants saying? What is the economic commerce people saying? Uh, the bars that's on Limestone, uh, the, the bar that Matt Jones on, KSR Bar and Grill. If you don't make it to the tournament, that students are not going to be out, you know, enjoying the fine wings and, and beer and alcohol um, and T-shirt makers, everything, all the business entities that's, uh, that's tied to Kentucky basketball winning, They've suffered in previous years and seem like they're going to suffer this year. What are their outcry going to be to the athletic department? Uh, I'll hang up and listen to your comments. Yeah, Al said, interesting, different take. And just being somebody that writes for a website that relies on interest in the sport and, and people caring about this program, uh, yeah, it, it does suck when, you know, the the, the COVID year, the 2020-2021 the year where uh, they finished 9-16, and 16, yeah, there was a very clear, yeah, they were passionate and fiery at, at times. But, yeah, there was a clear disconnect there at the point where just, uh, you know, apathy sets in. And, and Kentucky basketball is not apathetic. Like, this is not a program uh, that is comfortable with 
NIT conversations and not comfortable with, uh, yeah, we got to win three more games to make the tournament. Like, that's not what this program is, and that's not what it's ever been. And that's what it, it can't be moving forward. And I think that's where so much frustration comes from, uh, Anthony. That, that uh, We'll talk about it after this break. But that's where so much of the frustration comes from because it's almost like we're, we're moving the, the field goal. The, the goalposts are being moved game by game, year after year, and it's just not acceptable. Like, this, this is a gold standard program that uh, shouldn't be accepting of NIT conversations and, well, if we just get this this or this to happen, then then, then maybe we'll be able to get in and then potentially make a run. Uh, that's not gold standard talk, and that's what what can't happen moving forward. We'll talk about that and more. Give us a call 859-280-2287. You're listening to Stockyards Bank, Sunday morning sports talk on News Radio 630 WLAP. This is Stockyards Bank, Sunday morning sports talk, presented by the Leach Report Radio Network on 630 WLAP. Back, Stockyards Bank, Sunday morning sports dog live from the Clark's Main Street Market. Return, refresh, and refuel at Clark's. This hour of Sunday morning sports talk is presented by Country Boy Brewing. Give us call 859-280-2287. A couple of housekeeping notes. The Sunday morning sports talk crew uh, is set to host KSR on Tuesday morning. Very excited to uh, have that opportunity. Uh, we're going to share our takes and share our uh, thoughts on the, the current state of affairs in, in the world of Kentucky basketball, Kentucky football, uh, all things UK athletics. Very excited to, um, to do that. Make sure if you are a listener of this show, make sure you call into that show and you know bring some familiarity to uh, that platform. We're definitely looking forward to it Tuesday morning, 10, uh, 10 to noon, uh, right here on 630 WLAP. Make sure you tune in there. And then at the top of our number three, Travis Perry, Mr. 4,000 himself. Uh, he goes for uh, a, a career 4,000 point as a junior, uh, really getting close to, to – uh, uh, he's approaching King Kelly Coleman's all-time record uh, of 4,337 points. A whole other year to uh, hit that mark, Larry. I know you're excited uh, about that honor and that record for him uh, and I know we're excited to have him on the show starting at 11 o'clock it is Ryan here and I have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Larry? Well, well, another housekeeping notes. Uh, Al asks, "How is how's economy going to be if uh, Kentucky doesn't <clears throat> doesn't go to the tournament? Does it affect it? It does not. You know why? Because we're gonna we're gonna heat up the fire cow shirts. Those are gonna be selling like hotcakes. They're gonna bring back the calm down. The twins are coming. They're gonna bring those shirts back out. Or calm down. DJ Wagner's coming. He ain't his daddy. He ain't scoring hundred points in the game. But as, as Jack." Has, has put it, he probably can. He just ain't, he's just a little bit less selfish than big uh, DJ. And the third thing is the economy is going to be booming. Bourbon is going to be up. Country People are going to be running over there buying all the country board brewing off the shelf just to, just, you know, to soothe themselves. So, uh, Al, I'm not sure how much it will hurt the economy because I think there will be plenty of opportunities to print all the shirts you want and drink all the bourbon and country boy you want. Yeah, it, it 
Larry, are you back with us? I, I never left you, Jack. You just wouldn't answer me. <laughs> yeah. uh, I think that was <laughs> operator error on your part. But uh, what do you think of uh, that historic moment for, for Travis Perry? I know uh, that's something that you've been following very closely since, since he started his career and, and definitely uh, a historic one at that. Yeah, to become only the second player in Kentucky to do something like that is is pretty darn amazing. I think there's been four high school girls that have hit 4,000 points in, in Kentucky and about to have a fifth one in Kinsley Feltner up at, at Lawrence County. But for Travis to become only the second Kentucky high school player to, to do it, it's pretty amazing. And what was also very interesting last night, he did it against Bracken County, who has a young man by the name of, of Blake Perry, who should next year – also reached 4,000 points himself. He's at about 3,400 right now. And just saying if Travis's team could somehow win the second region, if they could get to the state tournament and win a game or two at the scoring pace he normally has, it's not impossible that he could have a shot at King Kelly Coleman's record this year. But again, they'd have to win the regional tournament. They'd have to win a game or two at, uh, at the state tournament. But Still, maybe, who knows? It'd be kind of cool if that happened. Yeah, how insane is that? That three, you know, 337 points uh, that he'd need to clear uh, King Kelly Coleman. And to think, like, yeah, uh, the, the, the time is winding down for this season. You know, next season, I, I have no concerns at, at all. But just to think that the, the time is running out for this season and it's a very small you know, razor, razor thin uh, margin to make that happen. But Travis is good enough and productive, uh, productive enough to potentially break that record by the end of his junior season. Just that is just insanity, insanity to me, and just a testament to how good this kid is and uh, how lucky we are to be able to, you know, witness uh, just what he's able to do on any given night. Absolutely, and, he, and he's just a terrific. I mean, he would he would gladly, I, I know, take wins over points for himself. So that, that's not a problem with him. And also, there's really no pressure on him because, as I said, you know, next year he's going to get that record. So it's not like he's got to go out and try to put 35 shots a game or something so he can get there this year. He just needs to just be Travis. And like I said, they've got uh, they've they've got a chance. I mean, I don't know that it'll that it could happen, but I think they've got. Four regular season games left now. Let's say if you play two in the in the district, that'd be six. If you win the region, that would be three more. That would be nine. And he usually averages, you know, around 30 points a game. So that'd be 270 points right there. And that would get him within about 65 points or so of the record going to the state tournament if he just scores like he normally does. Now, again, winning the second region is a big, a big uh, if because the University Heights did beat him in the All-A. Hey, Larry, short answer, because I know we got to get back to the phones, but this is something I've always wondered. This is no knock on anybody. We just don't do this in Ohio, so I never understood this. Dennis Johnson played high school football since third grade. When do they start calculating <laughs> your stats? Uh, like when people are like, so obviously if you played a high school sport since sixth or seventh, sixth or fifth grade, uh, it seems like you would have an enormous amount. Of, when do they start calculating stats? Do you know? Well, he started in seventh grade, and they started that. But I believe if you played sooner, they would in, in basketball they would start sooner. Now the Dennis, they changed the high school football because of Dennis and Derek Johnson, where you can't play if you're a freshman. But oh, in, okay. in basketball, you can play. And all those, so if you play from sixth grade on, so you can have seven years of stats. 
You sure could. That's exactly right. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. I was always but curious about that. you're also, you know, at that point, 13 years old, 12 years old, playing against 17, 18-year-olds. I mean, it's that, not that, that. Even if you get scrub time and you get, like, 10 points a game for your middle school, I, we just never did that. Well, you that's can't do that var- in Ohio. You can't play high school until you're in high school. But that's playing varsity, though, right? Like, right, Larry? Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's so, just varsity points, yeah. So, I mean, that to, to play varsity at any level – uh, you know, at, as a 12-year-old, I mean, e- even yeah. still, it's almost more impressive. Like, yeah, the sample size is bigger, but I think that's what's so cool about Travis is that he, he has just been so dominant for so long, uh, even as a 12, 13-year-old playing uh, up against 17, 18-year-olds. So, yeah. That's uh, remarkable. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, v- very cool. Looking forward to that. Uh, 859-280-2287. We'll have Travis on at the start of the 11 o'clock hour. Definitely excited to have him on. Let's go back to the phone lines and uh, go to Kevin. It's almost more impressive. Like, yeah, the sample size. Hey, Kevin. Hey. What's up? What do you got for us? Oh, hey. I didn't. Uh, yeah, yeah, you, I got you kind of delayed on in. the radio. Yeah, yeah, I was. Uh, anyway, I just got a couple of comments. I think one thing being overlooked is, you know, to go into this season with really one true point guard in Wheeler, who, you know, most people, most fans knew this guy is just not good enough. Why we didn't hit the portal and. Uh, last year at the end of the season and get a true point guard is absolutely beyond me. I would have went to Wheeler and said, look, you know, you're going to get recruited over here, whatever you want to call it. You're welcome to stay, but we have to bring in a better point guard. We can't have a five, eight point guard that cannot shoot the ball running this team. So basically what happens, you get Wheeler who uh, uh, Wallace, who really, he's just a combo. He's not a true point guard. He's better, I think, off the ball. You know, he turns, you know, I think we're asking him to do too much um, as far as point guard ability. I, I, I just don't think he is a true point guard. But this is what we're stuck with because Wheeler is not good enough to get the job done. And I just think that's been overlooked in talk radio or whatever. I don't think it's been talked about enough to go into this season really with one true point guard. And now look at us. You know, Wheeler, uh, he says he's hurt. Who knows? Um, he is. So that leaves Wallace where it takes away from his offense, I think, playing the point. Mm-hmm. He's not consistent. There's games when he'll do good, things, uh, you know, games when he won't do as well. Um, so I, I just don't understand why Cal did not go after a good, uh, you know, point guard in the portal start the season, you know, the end of last season. Because I think at that point, everyone knew, I guess except Cal, everyone knew that Wheeler is not the man to run this team. Yeah, appreciate the call, Kevin. A lot to take in there. And yeah, some stuff I agree with, and, and I know hindsight is, is what it is. And you, everybody had their concerns about Savory Wheeler. And, and I think on paper, the idea of Kaysen kind of slowly taking things over, in my opinion, should have probably started that key handing the keys over to him a little bit earlier than than Cal did I would have I would have started from the very beginning because I do think yes he is not a true point guard hasn't been his entire career has played it at times 
but definitely, you know, better as an off-ball guy and, and, you know, able to initiate off the dribble in that sense, you know, kind of catch and, and go type type of player. Uh, that, that's definitely been best suited for him. But he's always had the physical tools to, that, to do that and to just start giving him the keys midway through the season the way we, we saw now. I, I think it has started the process a little bit late, and I don't think we're seeing the rewards that we could have uh, had that process start a little bit earlier and then – kind of having Savir be that kind of complimentary piece, and, and I think that would have helped a lot. I think one thing that we continue to miss as a collective fan base, as a collective unit, that this team was supposed to have Shaden Sharp as the go-to guy. And that's what UK got screwed, having a top 10 draft pick sitting there Again, if you want to question how Cal handled that situation, saying he should have just thrust him in there and said, screw it, you you know, you can't hold this program hostage, things like that. I I get it. That's a whole other conversation, and I I support those thoughts in in themselves. But the plan all along was for Shaden to be that complimentary go-to scoring piece. You think this team is different if Shaden's here? Absolutely. He's he's a – all-rookie NBA player right now who's coming in and making an immediate impact as an NBA player for the Portland Trailblazers. Absolutely, he's changing the dynamic. The game is completely different. So you think Shaden Sharp is going to score all these points from outside because you're still going to have Oscar in the lane. He can't get to the bucket. He's an he is an NBA level three level score with a forty five inch vertical. Absolutely, Shaden Sharp so he's gonna is jump making over, an So he's going to jump over. Oscar. Have you seen him in the NBA? Yeah, yeah, but NBA and college are completely two different Brown. games. Shaden My whole Sharp. point is, Larry. Oh, Larry, can you can you can you jump in and and fix this? Do you think this season is dramatically different if Shaden Sharp plays this year? Please say yes, Larry, or else no, I'll, I'll have to. Or else I'll have to. He doesn't need you, you speaking for him. Uh, I, I I think it will be. It would be. Different. I don't know that it would be dramatically different because we've seen other good players the past few years that have not exactly thrived when they are here in the situation that's going on. So I would I would like to think it would have been dramatically different, but I don't know for sure that it would have been because I I mean we're supposed to Kentucky was supposed to have had some really good players this year. So whether Shaden would have thrived playing here or not, I don't know. Shaden is an NBA player has always been an NBA player. He did things watching him in high school that I said, there, there is – Brandon there Boston. Is, uh, <coughs> Brandon Boston, who just scored 27 hey, points in an NBA game as hey, a UK. starter with the Los Angeles hey, Clippers. Like hey, We UK? can't be using that as hey, an argument UK? about uh, who Brandon Boston is as a basketball player. Because you because he did, because he, he played well in the pros now, but in college he didn't – He left COVID year, Devin Askew not oh, being the player they go. thought he was going to. Terrence Clark's injury, Olivier Saar not being the player everybody thought he was going to be. Uh, Isaiah Jackson being a complimentary piece with that team. That – we cannot use a a a sample size that a, 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 just an absolute anomaly of a season uh, for everybody as the reason uh, the reason why players like BJ Boston can't be successful ever again at Kentucky. That's nonsense. We'll blame Shaden Sharp for this season. Forget it. I, d- Jack, d- I didn't Jack say that at all. Blame, I didn't say that blame. at all. I'm saying when you have a talent like Shaden Sharp, who was supposed to be the foundational piece of this roster, with everything being built around him, with bringing Oscar Sheboy back with Xavier Wheeler coming back as a playmaking guard to initiate for and to set up a, an elite three-level scorer like Shaden Sharp, who is making those shots in the NBA at an elite rate. If you actually watch him play, he is a dude that is going to, by the end of the year, be averaging 30 minutes a game and be maybe not a star in year one, but a clear, clear future future talent 
with the Portland Trailblazers, that guy would have helped this team immensely. And especially when that guy is who he is, the process was what it was, declaring for the draft, kind of you know going wishy-washy. Well, yeah, he's telling the staff that he's coming back while telling the NBA that he's you know saying kick rocks to the to, to the UK staff. I'm I've been going and I've been was supposed to go this whole time. When when the program is held hostage by one individual player. And you can't, as John Calipari, go out and recruit Nick Smith Jr., who was supposed to be a Kentucky Wildcat, when you have those other recruiting things going on around you because of one individual's decision, you end up with what Kentucky's dealt with. I still think that this roster is enough to win things of substance, and I think they are underwhelming based on the talent that they have on the roster, but you cannot tell me a top 10 draft pick, elite three-level score, especially at the college level, would not have helped this team. Can't, can't convince me. That, my comments are not shade and sharp comments. My comments is that you, Oscar was still going to be in the lane, and Oscar – and I don't even know if Oscar would have still been the focal point coming back this year. Those are the things I'm talking about because you hit the nail on the head at the end. These guys can play basketball. This team isn't as bad as it's look, it looks. That's the yeah. point I'm making. I'm not sure – if Shaden could have changed the dysfunction, was my point. Cal has uh, Cal has always been somebody who lets NBA talents thrive as NBA talents. Those guys have always been the difference makers between Cal- Calipari's elite teams and not elite teams. Anyway, we got to hit a break. You're listening to Stockyards Bank. This is the home of the Wildcats. Six thirty WLAP. <laughs> Welcome back to Stockyards Bank Sunday Morning Sports Talk live from the Clark's Main Street Market. Return, refresh, and refuel at Clark's. This hour of Sunday Morning Sports Talk is presented by Country Boy Brewing. Give us a call, 859-280-2287. A couple calls here. Close out hour number two. Let's start with Jason. Good morning, Jason. Yeah. What you got for us? Uh, I want to talk about Casey Wallace, why he didn't. He seemed disinterested yesterday. I know he got two fouls, but he did seem disinterested. And there were a couple moments in the game that could have turned the game, and I don't understand what was going on as far as Calipari talks about being up four points. Well, hell, he loses games all the time when he's up four points. He's not good at winning close games. I don't understand his point. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly, Jason. And, and yeah, it was concerning. That's what Anthony started the show with, talking about Casey Wallace and just how it just didn't feel like – I mean, that dude never waits 39 minutes before (laughs) scoring in a game. Like, that's just not his identity. And it just – yeah, it is curious how somebody – with kind of the mindset that he has that even killed, you know, I'm going to go get mine. I'm going to go figure out how to win games for this team. Just wasn't kind of playing what we're used to seeing out of him. So, uh, yeah, de- definitely interesting there. And, yeah, I-, I thought that was a turning point going up four and, you know, not kind of keeping the foot on the gas there. Uh, but I thought that the biggest turning point was that that, that opportunity with uh, the ball goes out of bounds, you get the ball back, uh, end of shot clock situation, you get a chance at a timeout to draw up a play down three with three minutes to go, and you get a Chris Livingston fadeaway three-pointer at the top of the key. Uh, and then on the other end, Georgia goes down, hits a dagger three from the from the left corner, goes up six, basically wins the game. I think that was kind of a, a testament to what this team is and, and just kind of a big-picture story of how this team has operated. Uh, I think that's – unfortunately, that's just been the story of the season. Other teams executing when Kentucky has not been able to. Let's go on and hit our next caller and uh, go to Larry. 
Yes, thank you for uh, taking my call. Absolutely. What's up? So uh, we've been a, uh, our family's been season ticket holders in Rupp since Rupp opened in 1976. And I'm afraid that, that after this season, the last three or four years, that the legend of Kentucky basketball is maybe over and, and, and it's coming to a, to a close. You know, we got a lack of focus and a lack of intensity, and, and leaders get extraordinary results out of ordinary people. We got extraordinary people that are getting subpar results. The uh, the other big loser, and my heart hurts for this, it's always been my wife's spring break, is to go to the SEC tournament. But the, the economics of Nashville is probably going to be hurt, as I doubt the Big Blue Nation, you know, shows up. Uh, this year like we have in the past. I'm afraid also that if something doesn't change drastically and quickly, we don't have a metamorphosis of type, we'll ruin next year's team as well with the leadership that we got today. I'll hang up and listen. Thanks, guys. Yeah, Larry, uh, a lot to uh, agree with in that call. Extraordinary people with mediocre results. It's uh, you, you, I can't put it any better myself. It's a great way to put it, uh, and it's very unfortunate where things stand. Uh, very excited at the top of the hour to have Travis Perry on, my guy. Excited to talk about Mr. 4000 himself. You will not want to miss it. Uh, make sure you are tuned in. You're listening to Stockyards Bank Sunday Morning Sports Talk on News Radio 630 WLAP. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.